While we try to be as helpful as possible, this podcast should not be considered as professional or financial advice. It contains general information only, and you should seek out professional advice for your own personal circumstances before making any financial decisions. Alrighty, guys, welcome back to another episode of The Enthusiast Lab. I'm Julia. And I'm Nick. And I'm Gianni. And this is The Enthusiast Lab. Alrighty, guys, welcome back. Today we have a special guest on the pod, and this is Gianni from Levita. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. Big G Dog. Big G Dog. Uh, I'm Gianni. I'm the operations manager at Levita Homes. Yes. And it is an absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you very much for having me. It's Um, so good. Yeah, we love having special guests uh, on our episode, especially because you bring so much different knowledge that we don't have like to the air and to all the listeners that are on are listening to us that's seeking information and seeking new information. And today's episode is going to be all about South Australia because you're the operations manager for South Australia. Um, and for all the listeners that haven't heard or have missed the episodes, we build in both Western Australia and in South Australia, primarily in Perth and Adelaide. So let's jump into it. Well, let's actually figure out who the fuck are you? <laughs> well, um, <laughs> On a personal level, I've been in the industry for 11, 12 years now. It always didn't start off in building and residential. I, first year out of school, went straight into university to study journalism and public relations. Mm -hmm. And I love a waffle. I love talking. I love talking. Absolute dribble to anybody and everybody. So this here, being here, is right up my alley. Fuck off. Which is really good. (laughs) So after... um, Journalism and PR didn't work uh, just through job opportunities. I decided to try my hand in the building industry and um, for the last, yeah, 11, 12 years I've been there, which has been really good. Um, I'm a pretty straighty 180 person when it comes to life. You know, I love outdoors. I love a beer. I love relaxing. That's all fine. But when it comes to the actual building industry, who am I? I'm someone who's done majority of the jobs that you see inside an office. So I can't wait to delve into them a bit later to mm-hmm. run through the process of the building. Fuck but yeah. That's who I am. I'm a person of, uh, you know, pretty good background and history when it comes to building and also uh, didn't always start off easy there, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been in WA and interstate before Adelaide too, eh? Yeah. So I've been in um, WA my my whole life. I was born, you know, in Perth and then in 2020, I moved to Victoria to go get my hand in the building industry over in uh, the East Coast and Mm -hmm. learn a bit about the differences. I timed that really well. It was about four weeks before the first COVID lockdown. So that was great. (laughs) (laughs) Which was a touchy subject. So uh, that was good. And then... um, yeah, for three years, trying my hand, yeah, in residential and then moved back to WA to be um, part of the expansion into SA that Levita is. So okay. now in Adelaide, the third state that I've been to, it's completely different to WA and Victoria on its own, but it's so good for its challenges and nuances that come with it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Killer. Alrighty, guys. So um, let's jump into the first question. Oh, you kind of already answered. When did you start in the building industry? 11, um, 12 years ago is what you say. Well, I am. I can go into a bit more depth, which explains, yeah. I guess, the background of myself in the building industry. Yeah. And that is, um, when I first started, it was actually in a call center in when I was about 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know if you guys know this. It's very hard to make calls and sales leads when you haven't hit puberty. Yeah. It is very, very hard because you've got this little squeaky voice and the amount of confidence someone can get with buying a house when the other person's voice is breaking on the other end of the phone is no good. But I loved it. I um, I was there for about 12 months and I learned, I guess, a bit about the sales side of things, which is really important because mm-hmm. – a year later, I was in drafting and drawing the houses, and I'd stayed there for about five years, um, both single and two-story homes drafting, and that taught me, I guess, a bit about what a client can expect in a home when they look at a set of plans. And for me, I was fresh to looking at a set of plans in mm. that depth, yeah. so I really enjoyed that. Three years after, oh, well, sorry, for the next three years after that, I went into scheduling, which is like uh, costing all the houses um, materials-wise, but down to the quantity, which yeah. was really good because, again more knowledge into the background yeah. of it. And then when I went over East, back into design and drawing display homes, and that was another level of depth, but it was all to do with like clay and timber framing and all these different nuances that come with the, I guess, the East Coast building industry. Yeah, because yeah. it's very different to WA. It is so different. Yeah. And then um, did a bit of project managing in Victoria, which mm-hmm. was great. There were top-end, higher-end, uh, higher smaller builders, and that was good bit outside of my realm of comfortability when, you know, you're getting quotes in for marble stone that are just the length of a whole living room or something. And you're like, all right, this is everyone careful here. And then, um, yeah, back to Adelaide or Perth for a bit and back to Adelaide now with the operation side of things, tying all those together and having a background in drafting, estimating, scheduling, and all these different departments that a client um, can have the trust in knowing that someone's been through it all, I think yes. it's quite good. And it makes me feel a lot more confident in my job, knowing yeah, that I didn't yeah. just jump into one job and stay there. Like, yeah, I've done just, a fair just got handballed one position then, she'd be right. It's a, no, we've actually, we can go into detail and understand oh, each process. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah. What are the three things that you love about your current role as operations manager? Well, um, I would say firstly, and this is not to sound cheesy, but my team, mm-hmm. like yeah. our team is one of the best. Like I really love the fact that we've built a team that's tight-knit and close because you're not just jumping in and everyone's a number in the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will make reference to that about being a number because everyone knows they're not just uh, down to their role. Everyone can play a part. So I just love the team of starting off there. Um, I love the versatility in my job, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, every day is something different. Like yeah. I'm meeting suppliers in a new state because we support local over there a bit more than just going, hey, we've got a agreement or a, um, a relationship with a supplier in WA, it's good to get you off the ground, but the new ones that you don't know over in a different state makes it 10 times more interesting going out and seeing them and be like, whoa, I never knew that you did this or you did that. So yeah. I find the versatility in seeing suppliers, being in the office, um, looking at our plans and how different it is. It just adds it makes the days go quicker, which isn't good because, you know, I feel like you like don't get enough done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I also feel yeah. like I'm getting older, which is <laughs> great. Um, but I, I also just think it adds different challenges every day, which is nice. And thirdly, um, being in a new state. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's a bit scary and daunting. Um, it does have its challenges, but it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. Like, you know, you don't get the opportunity to move states or move locations every day and you can either sink or swim and I chose to – Swim and mm. hopefully fly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to start somewhere. Got to start wanna, somewhere. I want to circle back to something you mentioned there, which is your team. And we've mentioned this on the pod before with uh, episodes that we've done with Matt. Um, and it's the, the GM of WA. Yes, the GM of WA. 
Um, it's the culture that Levita has so successfully built within their teams because you are very selective with the team members that you hire, which makes Levita so successful, at least internally, because your staff love working there. Um, and it's something, yeah, that not only Matt has mentioned, but you've mentioned. So it's something that's constantly repetitive um, that everyone enjoys working with the team there because it's the culture that you guys have created. Mm. Yeah. yeah d- sorry, go on. No, 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 you go. I was yeah. going to say um, – this is what happens when we sit next to you. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to happen. This is bound to happen. Um, I guess with that, when you're starting off, uh, you need to sort of create the culture and environment from day one. Mm. Yeah. You don't get a you like in life. You don't get a you don't get two shots at a first look or first attempt. Like imagine the first time you get a haircut and you see the back of your head in the mirror. And it looks average. That's your opinion straight away. You're not going to yeah. try and make it look good and go home and style it or whatever it may be. With a team coming into a new culture, they walk into an office and they can choose to like it or not like it. And you definitely want to create that environment where everyone walks in and goes, wow, we love being here. It's somewhere different. And, you know, this is why I left my previous role and this is why I want to stay here at yes. Levita Homes. It's mm-hmm. like it, it's a reason to be there. So you talk about the culture. We definitely prioritize that. Probably more than anything in the office is making sure that your work environment is the place you want to be. Because yeah, you want to find there. Well, that's it. And in the building game, it's a very cut and dry a lot of the time in a lot of the offices. Like, you know, we've jumped several different builders over the years. And a lot of the times it's just, it's like a groundhog day for so many of those team members. So it's so refreshing. And you can see the excitement and the passion that a lot of the team members have which then reflects into the job and into the service that the clients receive from a builder. So it, it just aligns perfectly with how we do our business with the values and then having the builder do it because of that culture. It's a fucking – it's a it's a hand-in-hand hand and it really helps. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, if if you love and you are passionate about the company that you work for, you're always going to do a better job. You're going to put the extra hours in. You're going to put the extra work in. You're going to try and do your best. So, yeah. The culture that you guys have created at both WA and South Australia uh, in your teams is so important. And I'm really glad that you brought it up because, yeah, that's... Yeah, d- definitely. And, like, you know, I've had um, some of our team in SA go, oh, how long is, you know, how long is the act going to, until the act drops, yeah. about loving work every day and being there every day because they haven't been part of an environment like that. And they look at me coming every morning and you know, see how much I actually enjoy work. And they go, oh, you're not taking the piss, are you? You actually like being there. And I go, well, you know, there's no point waking up, working or spending more time at work than anywhere else to get paid, to pay your bills, to, you know, be healthy, to eat, to have a house to go home to, to sleep, to wake up the next day and not enjoy what you do again and again and again. It Mm. just doesn't make sense. So we try to, you know, reinforce the fact, guys, if you like it, keep doing it. If you don't, change it. You know, there's no point... Doing the same thing over and over. 100%. Yeah. And it, it also reflects like seeing you guys for the last obviously two years that we've been working with you is how much you retain the, the employees and how much you guys have been able to grow and expand. And it just shows by that culture that it's not just a that little honeymoon period. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's not a initial three, four months and that's it. Say, no, no, it's a consistent thing. And you've got that perfect, in, in my eyes, seeing from outside, there's, a, there's definitely a good balance between the work culture but also getting shit done. And that that's it's that happy medium trying to get it. But, yeah, fuck it. Kill yeah. Definitely. Well, we're kind of talking about the team already. Why don't we do a quick job role shout out of who's working at La, at Levita in South Australia? Um, what are the job roles? How, how many team members? Let's let's do a quick shout yeah. out on them. And I'll 
circle back to a couple of questions afterwards. For sure. So um, hopefully they all listen to this. Which would be nice. um, <laughs> if not, we'll make them. I'll force it. <laughs> um, no, so the first person to actually start was our construction manager and he started in Feb. And you talk about having trust and wanting to be somewhere. He's had to take probably the biggest leap of faith. And uh, it started off um, through a FaceTime call when we first met after him being interviewed. And he, um, him and I met and immediately on the phone we connected. But our construction manager, he's called Shane, and he's uh, been unreal. He's got a background in both commercial and residential, uh, been in it for probably 15, 20 years. So he does know what he's doing, which is great. But in terms of management and actual um, coming across into the construction role, He's been a perfect fit. He, yeah. he just – one of those people that, you know, you talk to and you you trust and you know that you can get feedback from and they're not going to hide away from any yeah. issues just because, oh, you may be the only two people in an office. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Shane started early days and then our, uh, we have a uh, production estimator, which in WA is a scheduler, so the person who actually does all the quantities down to a T. Um, he started as well in March. His name's Nihal and he's been absolute weapon for us. He um, – Come across the WA, he's, um, since he's been with us, he's almost become like a brother and a family member and a son and a father all at once just because he's he was there from day one. Yeah. So he, he really loved it. Um, we have two draftees, so Stephanie and Katie, they are unreal. They actually, the versatility that comes with working at LaVita is you can work across both you can work across both states mm-hmm. and they have dabbled in both states' work. But, you know, other than growing our base models and all our designs through an SA mindset, they've incorporated the functions that make LaVita design so, I guess... Um, appealing. Appealing. appealing great and, and mm. unique. And unique for still having that reflection of WA but into SA. Yeah, and they don't take the construction methods across, but, you, you know, the appeal yes. of our designs, they, yes. they take across because they've seen what we set up before and mm. they, they're unreal. And then um, in admin, we've got Jess and she's an absolute weapon when it comes to any contracts and um, any applications. I've never met someone like so organized that I think she actually wakes up the rest of the councils with how, <laughs> how early she's getting these emails out. So she's, she's a weapon. And then um, our latest supervisor start, Ben, he's come across from a resi background as well. And he's loving it. He, um, he's more recent in the residential uh, building game when it comes to infill mm-hmm. yeah. and all the tricky builds. So, you know, looking at our builds that are definitely a bit quicker with timeframes, uh, he's going to be an absolute weapon. And we're actually trying to get two or three more people to start between now and I'd say February next year. So we are expanding and it's a sign of the amount of work we've got coming through. Yeah. So we're excited. Perfect. We're, we're a great team. Yeah. Well, anyone in South Australia that wants a job, reach out to Johnny. Yeah, reach out to Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and start going through. We'll slot you in somewhere, don't worry. <laughs> um, and you mentioned that the – construction manager Shane started in Feb. Yep. When did we or when did you officially <coughs> when did we start planning for South Australia and yep. when did we officially open the doors? So planning for SA started a while back. I would say over 18 to 24 months ago and probably yeah, year before February. Um it's unreal to think that so much research goes into a uh company before you even start looking at expanding it and Yeah. All these conversations early days, um, Shane did become a part of them once we put him on because it is hard to put someone on with a ticket, trusting to come into your company, trusting your construction methods, your times and, you know, going, hey, I'm going to help out with this straight away. So about 18 to 24 months before today, I would say, we yep. you know started our research and stuff and then February was still, we hadn't opened our doors to the state um, in terms of we weren't 
trading. Yeah. We weren't being active. We were just doing a lot of research. And I think April 28th. Yeah, it was mm. April. Late it was April. April. Yeah. Was our first day of actually opening the doors. And even then, it was a, uh, we're opening the doors. We're only going to be precautionate with how far the door can open because otherwise we'll just snap it off the hinges. Yeah. Because yeah, we know how WA operates. We just don't want to um, run into any issues that don't align ourselves with that. So it was, it was a slow build. And um, I'd say since then, it's been a gradual uh, increase of the amount of knowledge we've taken on as well as work. And, it's been beneficial to go slower, but yep. with a ton of research in the background. Yeah, that's yeah, it. definitely. Well, what you guys have achieved, you know, is it's unparalleled. It's it's uncharted territory. There has been no WA company that has expanded into South Australia. That is correct. So, you know, and you know, same as us. Like we're we're following suit. We've been looking for SA bills for ages, and we couldn't find someone that could match with us. So as soon as we heard you guys were you know, prepping and coming out and April happened, fucking we were over the moon. We were just like, yeah, we're on. And, you know, and a lot of our followers are going, thank fuck, you know, we've you finally found someone that matches what we do. So, but yeah, 100%, like the R&D, it's huge. And, you know, and that's why we, we love working with you guys because you're not, like you said, straight off the bat is when you guys open the doors, you don't want to just fucking smash and, smash and unhinge, unhinge the door. You want to take it little by little and grow as you as you do. And and expand as you, as you go, rather than yeah, let's take it all on, and then you fucking bite off too much you can chew, 100%. And, then, and then she hits the fan, you yep. know. Um, and opening a company, as you mentioned, it's not easy. A startup is so much harder than what everyone realizes. What are some of the uh, highs and lows that you guys have had along the way? Yeah, definitely. This one actually kind of makes me laugh because it's probably a bit more. Um, common issues that you'd be like, all right, well, how'd you not know that? But I guess you don't know unless you try. So funnily enough, one of the first issues we ran into was finding a new office. So for the first uh, three months, we were sitting in a shared office in a hotel at the back of a Woolworths. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We hadn't traded and we weren't opening up to the state yet, but the amount of joy it got when there was three or four of us crammed in, Matt, the general manager, popped over, Mark had popped over and, you know, everyone's coming out and just smelling bread out the back of the bakery (laughs) going, wow. Are you guys ever going to move from here? And I was thinking, no, because you know, it's around the corner from somewhere nice. Right? How nice is the fucking smell oh, of the break? Don't. Room, it's bro. unreal. <laughs> I hope we touch on the food a bit yeah. later in Adelaide because that will get some people across. Um, but, you know, um, being in that small office, moving to another office, and the first day we moved in, we didn't have electricity and uh, we didn't have fobs, so we didn't, know, we didn't lock up and there was all these things that we didn't have access to set up prior. So things that actually you go, well, yeah, you, you, know, you get a new house, you get a new set of keys, well, we hadn't met anyone till day one and you, you try to put people on the first day because you got work coming through. But the uh, expectation that we had in our head wasn't met by, I guess, other parties. So we we're like, you know what? It's just a small little blip. We'll laugh about it down the track. And now we can, which yeah. is good because yeah. our office is set up really nice and we we can laugh about that. Well, you do have electricity in your office now, <laughs> yes. and you do have a fob, so you can actually lock up. So thank fuck for that. Bars low, <laughs> only ways up. Which yeah, is that's good. exactly it. Um, exactly. But some other things we've run into, I guess, is um, you know setting up new companies, setting up the new suppliers, which I talked about. Setting, you know, making relationships locally is hard because people have their not preferences, but they have their reservations. Yeah, and yeah. their relationships already yes. set up. Yeah. So you're coming in as an interstate company and. Granted, and I appreciate you touching on that before, being the first company from the West to go East, yeah. it's different, but still coming into a state that is um, 
heavily run by the people who are already there in the mm. construction industry. They have all have, they do have their reservations and they do have their um, mindset already made up on you as a new company. So you sort of go, all right, how am I going to pitch myself to not sound too confident, not sound too blasé, but come in a point where they go, well, you leave and they're going, we'd like to do work with you. Mm-hmm. And some people, uh, well, a lot of people have their different opinions on the best way to do that. So you kind of read the room see how it is with a supplier or see how it is with anybody. And ultimately, as long as we stick to what Levita does and that is we treat everybody with the upright most respect, then it goes well. But it does become a little bit of a challenge going to each one and trying to figure <laughs> out, all right, I'm in the middle of a place that's got, you know, a ton of people in suits, so, you know, might wear a bit better shoes or whatever, <laughs> and, you know, whatever it may be. You read, you read the area, yeah. so it's nice. Yeah, yeah that's definitely difficult when you move somewhere new everyone's already re- like pre-connected to each other trying to come in yeah. it's like trying and to come in there's a new kid on the block yeah you know, and trying to say like hey make friends, yeah, make friends. <laughs> um all righty so we've talked a lot about um what it's like setting up an essay let's talk about the construction methods because we've done a lot of episodes um on the pod about construction methods we've done a whole construction episode yep but we highlight a lot of it on wa because that's our bread and butter at the moment well that's our baby um and we know a lot more about the wa construction method because we haven't been in south australia for a long time um so we don't want to misinform anyone on the pod so you're definitely the right person to talk to about it yeah perfect (laughs) so I'll touch on a bit of West Coast and South Australia mm-hmm. in general so we can compare the two. But um, in WA, looking at the slab ground, the slab down to the ground, right, you've got a slab with a strip footing around, just a tiny bit of concrete, and we have a lot of sand here. Yeah. In SA, there's a lot of clay. Yeah. It ruins everything, like boots, car tyres, I'm talking houses. The clay for mess ruins everything, but it's because you're not from SA when you go and you find out about it. Now I've been there for, you know, around a year. I love it. Like it's, it's, I I embrace it all. So in terms of the construction, we have a lot more concrete that goes in to ensure that the stability of the slab is set up. As well as that, you have a lot more reinforcement that goes into that because the clay does move around a lot more. So putting down a slab does take a little bit longer than WA, but in the following area, which I'll touch on, which is timber and bricks, the house speeds up and picks up more time, and this is where SA timeframes become a little less than WA. So after the slab goes down and you've got the nuances between sand and clay, yep. WA is all brick. Yes. Yeah. Inside and out is double brick. In SA, our method is stud frame. So we have a whole heap of timber which knocks up a house. Like we had a slab go down. Um, the whole process took about two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the next week and a half – we had frames up and people were driving past this house going, whoa, what the fuck? this house is like, it, it looks like, like roof frames, uh, all the walls are all built up. And even for me, I was like, that's wild. That's fucking if, mental. If we weren't the only house in this estate, because we were the first one into the estate once it had opened, if we weren't the first house into the estate, I would have gone, someone's almost reverse robbed us, <laughs> built a house <laughs> and having a joke because I yeah. couldn't believe it. So, you know, a month to knock all that up, it explains why the time frames are so quickly compared to WA in certain areas mm-hmm. because the br- double brick here does take a bit more time. A lot of people in WA, um, me, myself, can run into the mindset that brick is stronger than timber. It's yes. not true. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, it, still, I'll still fucking yeah. think that it is. <laughs> it, it, I'd much rather be hit with timber than brick, I can say that. But, you know, like it's – 
stability-wise of a house, it doesn't make a difference. Okay. And you talk about speeding up processes or where you can pick up time or where you can't. I guess once the house goes up from a slab, you will pick up a bit more time in the stud framing. From there, we still do have brickwork in SA that goes around the outside of a house. But I was just can, about to ask. It's not just made out of timber. It's got bricks on the outside it, of the home. Correct, it does. So, you know, you get the brickwork go around and, you know, your roof cover goes on. So yep. when your roof cover goes on, whether you choose to do that before your brickwork or after, we will be doing it before means that any work inside the house or if you need to keep things inside the house or anyone wants to go, you know, trades or people go research and have a look at the house, they can go on when it's raining because the roof cover's already there, yeah, which I know on. in WA you can lose a lot of time when you're waiting for the weather to be good. Things yeah. are actually um, in a builder's control. So yeah. it is a um, a refreshing mix to looking at construction when it comes to, I guess, SA and WA. Yeah, so, definitely. So the formwork, like you said, so basically you got your slab. So when you guys are going in and doing all the stuff from you're doing – the base of the house and the roof at the same time? Is base of the house and the roof. So Fuck. ceiling and roof. So even um, I know that a couple of hoists, if they are put in, yep. they're done at the start. Yeah. yeah so right. you okay. look at it and you almost go, wow, I can see it going in straight away. And then you you think about something that's making a point of difference of your home compared to somebody else's house is yep. something like a hoist. Yep. Yep. You see it straight away. You can look at it all the time then. Yeah, that's really wild. cool. Um, and I just wanted to – mentioned to our listeners uh what Gianni was mentioning about the types of soil we actually did an episode to uh, yeah Yeah. it actually would have been the one just before this one I believe uh because we talked about site works and we talked about the different soil types that WA is very sandy and in SA it's It's just all fucking clay it's all clay except for like I think there's like what three or four fucking suburbs are right near the coast that might be a little bit easier but otherwise it's just fucking, it's just clay everywhere. Man, clay everywhere. the first time I flew in, I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> it's just fucking yeah, everywhere. Yeah, it was unexpected. It's funny, once you get used to it, like I know I talked about it being dirty and I uh, will yeah. probably get pulled from pillar to post with uh, yeah. both these comments here. <laughs> I consider myself SA now. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm a, you know, a sand groper in the past and now I'm an Adelaide person. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that I embrace it and I'm used to it because you actually see the benefits that it has for the Areas that are outside construction, the hills, yeah, you know, all the Adelaide, man, that Mount things. Barker and oh. shit, like the, the fucking trees and shit. Which, it, when I look at it from there, I'm like, okay, like by having that clay soil, you can have so much better fucking vegetation, hundred mm. percent, and it's you can see that. Whereas you come to WA, and again, some parts are really beautiful, but a lot of it's just hella basic fucking shrubs. Flat. <laughs> it's flat. Shrubs. It's yeah. definitely flat. a lot flatter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you just mentioned Mount Barker. Can we shoot her off where we can build we in can. SA? So looking south uh, geographically, even though um, a lot of my friends in Adelaide say you head up to Mount Barker because it is up a hill, it is located on a map south of the city. Cool. Mount Barker is one of the booming spots for us. Um, yep. Not only us as Levita Homes and what land we have, but us as a building industry. Mm. Yeah, okay. It is becoming unreal. So the equivalent of WA, and the closest I can get it, is that Ellenbrook, Swan Valley area, but a tiny bit closer because of how appealing the things are around it. Yeah. Right. Mount Barker has one of the most beautiful strips about five minutes down the road called Harndorf. Yes. Yeah. Harndorf is (laughs) – that's. That's for anyone who likes pork knuckle, and I know this is not talking about building, but any like you got to talk about the things that get you to areas. Handorf, I would I would go there every night if I could. The bakery, man. Every time, oh. so every time I fly to Adelaide, I have a fucking ritual now. So 
I'll do what I need to do for work. The next morning, because normally I fly in like in the Arvo, the next morning I'll go drive out to um, Aston Hills yep. Estate in Mount Barker. I'll go see the fucking, just see all the clouds and shit lift up from the trees. Once I'm happy with the view, I'll go drive down to Handorf, go into the bakery. That's a fucking gangster bakery. It is unreal. And then I'll go, and then I'll start my day. Like oh. every single time, it has to happen. It's not a bad ritual. No, no man. Uh, I don't want to join in. <laughs> so we're on. Oh, we're on. So <laughs> Mount Barker, and then you talked about Aston Hills. You know, there's yeah. three really main big estates out that out that way at the moment. Aston Hills, Glenlee, and Emerald Way, yeah. and they're really popular. And uh, we really enjoy building there. And uh, a bit further south is Murray Bridge, and Murray Bridge is, you know, it's not as close to the CBD or metro area of Adelaide as uh, the other areas that we build, but it. It's coming up quite large. Oh fuck yeah! That's just that's just around the corner from um, the bend. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I love you guys, all the car guys, man. Fucking, that's a killer area. It is booming. Yeah, there's big blocks there too. Big blocks. Yeah. Big blocks. Um, great flat land as well. So you know, no split levels. You're not talking about steps. You're not talking about hey, we have to chuck in a ton of money to make sure the earthworks are done right. Like we do them right because the blocks suit our market, which is good. And then um, just on Murray Bridge as well, it's people say it's quite far away. It's not that far away. You know, Mandra is no longer an hour and a half that you think it is anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nor is Falcon. And then you go up north. Alcamos is not an hour and a half anyway. No. Back in the day, people think it used to be that. It was fucking Whoop Whoop. And Even Bullsbrook. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. You talk about these areas. This is what Murray Bridge is. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, okay. I try to draw a bit of a comparison so people yeah. can understand that, you know, if it, whether it's your – um, forever home or a home that you want to live in for five years or just an investment, whatever it may be, it's still in an area that's only going to increase in uh, value. In value. Yeah. And I'll touch on the land side a bit later as well later on, but it is – I really like it. Yeah. Then you've got up north. Uh, and so I, I say up north geographically again of the city and um, areas like Virginia, Manapara, Anglevale, Gawler, um, yep. even like – Nuriupta, they're dropping new land there, and this is all near the Barossa Valley. So for people from WA, if you may not have heard of them and you like a Shiraz, you've heard of the Barossa at least. Yeah. So I can drop that one in there and people understand it. And, you know, these areas are really coming up as well. The amount of estates that are being released in certain stages and titles, and um, although we run into issues with titles in Adelaide as a whole, they are coming up uh, real quick, real fast, and um, they're, again – not 45 minutes away, not an hour away. It's like, it's like 20, 25 minutes, like on average, because I normally stay like in the city and then like, and the fucking, the freeways and shit that Adelaide has, I will give them the fucking kudos for that. So fucking efficient. So handy. You just fucking smash on 100Ks. And it's not like in Perth, like you got your Quinana, where it's meant to be 100, but it's like 50Ks an hour half the time. Yep. Because whereas there, as soon as you're 100, man, you go on that right lane, you're fucking sending it. You're and off. you know, Smash on the ways. Do you know where the cameras are? I'm fucking going a little bit more. <laughs> Should be right. So, and then that 25 minutes goes to 10. So, do you know what I mean? It's and like some other areas that you know, just as a touch base. Like, will you guys look at like two wells and all those type of areas as well? Yeah. If so, there is? so with the expansion of land, uh, we're trying to get our head around the areas as they start becoming more popular. Mm-hmm. So, cool. two wells, um, and then the other one, I'll, so two wells is north, the other one I'll yep. touch on up north is Roseworthy or Concordia, yes. yep. and then south, Seaford Heights, and uh, around that way where Hackham is, is quite, uh, in my opinion, beautiful. First home buyers can have a view of the city in uh, an estate that makes it feel like it's Cottesloe. 
Yeah, yeah. Wow. And, and I'm not just saying that. Like, I genuinely, you can drive up a hill and you're on your street with every home that's brand new. So it's not a uh, like a mixed division type of thing. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. it's a new estate, and you're looking at the beach, and you're looking because uh, Seaford Heights faces west. You're mm-hmm. looking at the sunset over the ocean. That's fucking wild. In your first home, I, I could not believe it when I drove there with uh, Matt in the start of this year. He was like. Well, can we go here? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's still a case by case. Like if someone reaches out and goes, hey, we've got a block you know, in, in these areas, you guys will you'll be able to sit there and go, look, it might be within our scope or if it's not, at least we can advise people. A hundred percent. Like if any, like we, we're not going to say no just based off a suburb's name. It doesn't yeah. work like that. We, we're trying to be as accommodating as we can be to all clientele and all people in general because you start that off on a good note, then more often than not, the rest of it's free-flowing rather than going, oh, saying no and then checking it out. We'll go check out and we, we look at every block that we get inquired about and go see, all right, even though this might not work if it doesn't, here's one around the corner that would work a lot better. And yeah. if the clients do have their own block, would it work? We'll still answer the question. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So 100%. We'll, we'll always uh, answer back and we'll always let you know. And we really hope that we can make it work because we yeah. love the more more business that comes yeah, in and yeah, help, helping everyone out yeah. works better. Yeah, 100%. definitely. But at the same time, like you guys, like we were saying in the beginning, you don't want to overshoot your shot where you say yes, you say yes, you say yes, and then all of a sudden it starts, you know, consuming the back end and then construction and then it really turns into a shit show. Like it's like what you've done with w, like with WA, it's – You stay in your lane. You stay in your fucking lane. Yep. You, you see well, – but again, with SA, because it's still fresh – like, we'll, we'll work on that case by case. And some of them we have done, like New Ridge, but yep. at first we're like, oh, not sure. You guys went out and it worked out perfect. And now, fucking, by the time this gets released, I'm pretty sure. Slap down. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Ben and Kim will be slapped down. We'll be flying over for it. So, Which is good. So, it's really exciting, you know. And, and for everyone that's listening, it's at, at the end of the day, just reach out. Let's see what it is. And if we can do it or if we can find an alternative, that's what it's all about. Definitely. You know, but at the same time, you know, we don't want to be saying yes, and then the boys don't want to rock up on site, and it comes and reflects yeah. back bad, not only on Mr. Enthuse, but on the Vita as well, you know. And sometimes you just got to work with the trades, and some of the boys are just like that. We'll always check it out prior yeah. to giving a false answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. There's just no point in doing that. And, you know, we'd much rather be transparent with everybody from 100%. the start. Because um, you talk about staying in your lane, that is right up our lane, is being open with everybody, talking about it from the start, and... To be honest, we found that we don't want to be one of the largest builders in Adelaide. We're not mm-hmm. trying to compete to do the most to, the, to do the most volume, the most number of houses. Not trying to do the most expensive houses. We're doing Levita houses and yeah. quality. Honestly, they're not even houses; they're Levita homes yeah. because we have got points of difference in them. So we yeah. really like that. That's it. And, and that's the thing. It's like we're there to just help a couple of people along the way. It's not there to be the biggest and, and the baddest. Do you know what I mean? Like in where it is, it's whatever we can do to help and give that big difference because SA, in my opinion, is fucking asleep, man. Like the the service that we have seen that clients have received from other builders versus what we're able to provide and what they've really experienced with Levita, it's so different. And, you know, it's you're making a change one by one slowly over time rather than trying to take everyone and do it all at once. It just doesn't – it's a recipe for disaster yeah. doing that. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to ask another question, but before that one, we talked about the construction method in SA. Do we have time frame guarantees or not yet? Not yet, but what I can say is these are the time frames that we know we can achieve, mm-hmm. but guarantees 
a different word that we won't lock into straight away just based on the fact that we don't want to, you know, really... Don't want to screw it up. Yeah, yeah. false promises. And that's just being honest. No, that's... The last thing we want to do is find out that we've said to somebody we can build your house in six months and we can't. Yeah. So what about so what about a twelve month scenario from slab to completion? Is that realistic for a client to actually receive that with Levine in their say? One hundred percent. So and I can say that openly because the average time frame for us that we are working off and we know based off other builders is that seven to nine months is definitely achievable for our scope of works, you know, you're looking at 180 square meters of a house, maybe 160 or 140, and then up to 220, 240, whatever it may be, of your actual house construction. Yep. Seven to nine months is achievable. Pre-construction, we've most of our jobs have gone through in about three months. Mm-hmm. So looking at the 12 weeks to get through all your planning and your applications, your BRC, DA, planning approval, whatever it may be. Yep. And then for jobs that take a bit longer where you can't get a private certifier or ERPS or whatever it may be, when we're going through, um, yeah, the council side around sixteen weeks, so the four month mark. But yeah, you talk yeah. about a whole house in twelve months from meeting us yeah. and signing up, you'd almost be looking at going, hey, next week we're moving in, or we're moving Holy in two shit. weeks from now. That's so that's crazy. that's from a meeting standpoint, and we we're we're very excited about that because goals that are set too far in the distance for you know our people with Levita, they go. Oh, I can't really see that far ahead, but we, you know, with how much we forecast and try to give them information, they can definitely see tomorrow, almost today, yeah. which is really nice. Yeah, fuck yeah. And the biggest thing that's only going to del- that will change that time frame, which a lot of people are a lot more aware of, it, especially in SA, is titles. That's Title it. delays, they're fucking stupid. There's so many of them. And I guess I should put a little disclaimer and said, when you meet with us, that's all down to everything being ticked off yeah, smoothly. Yeah, the titles is the big one because yeah. we don't have control over that. No. That's up to, you know, the, the land developers. Correct. Yeah. And they can, uh, in Adelaide, they have a sunflower, um, not a sunflower, a sunset clause. Okay. So, and that is where the developer can push back the title or they can bring forward the title. Oh. So it's. It, <laughs> this is some random shit we're learning out. So it also makes it very um, hard for anyone who doesn't have the land straight away to understand when it is going to title. For us, we like to grab most of our land early when it is title, which is good, and, you know, yes. make sure that the construction can begin straight away. But this will um, be the case for, you know, a couple of years to come. So it's mm. just all about inquiring and asking as many questions as possible when you are trying to find that perfect block of land. Yep. Well, yeah, projecting um, – we'll do a little projection at the end, but it Adelaide's in kind of position quite similar to WA. WA is almost following SA in what's happening in the market – we have a huge rental shortage. We have a housing shortage. And Adelaide has land shortage, which is something that's starting to happen in, in WA, WA. Yeah, where titled land is becoming scarcer and scarcer. And I don't think clients realize that land, whilst it's abundant, it takes a long time to develop and have it prepared, ready for a house to get built on. Um, and that's something that's starting to happen in WA, but it's something that's super prevalent in Adelaide and it really took us for a spin walking, you know, coming over for the first time and going, you know, well, which estates are like the ones that we can build in now? And everyone kind of looked at us and said, not many at all. Like titles aren't for another six to eight months, if not longer. And we kind of went, what, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> mind blown. 100%. It's, um, it is becoming scarce. In uh, in 2022, Adelaide released a uh, news article saying there will be 24,000 lots released across the state. Now, to the person reading that who's not in construction or the building industry, they may say, yeah, awesome, 24,000 lots, 
as of 2023 or 2024, plonk. Yeah. Put on a map, they're all free. They have to be developed. Water has to be put out to them. Electricity, gas, all these things have Sewer. to be exactly. All yeah. these things have to be put out to the land. And I guess when you're going in fresh, you don't know this, so you you go in a bit blind and naive. And that's how sometimes you can do yourself in and going, oh well, I was expecting to be in a home at the start of 2024, and my dream suburb hasn't even been developed. Mm-hmm. My savings, I'm going to go put towards a holiday now, and you know, before yep. you know, it, end of 2024, you don't have that house deposit. So it's important to, I guess, understand when land does get released and it's titled what it actually means and I guess how it works because more often than not people are going, oh, that's all right. You know, I've heard that there's not a lot of land but there's 24,000 lots being released or there's more coming or we know there's a new estate coming because we've seen the, you know, the signage up on the temp fencing all around this block coming soon or next year. That doesn't exactly mean next year will be land, one, that isn't already secured or bought by someone but two, land that's available Mm -hmm. because it's still got to be developed. So it is important, I guess, to, you know, understand when there is a shortage, how to jump onto it. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Well, that's what we've got with a few clients where they've went and purchased the block and, you know, we're going through the system as much as we can and we're just waiting now on the land. They're just about to have pre-start and they're basically ready to rock and roll. As soon as that land's ready, they're on site, whereas you go to the site right now, it's still being developed and it's saying land coming soon, but all those stages have been pre-sold months beforehand and it's something that you know a lot of people do need to understand is when you're getting yourself into a situation where you want to actually look at potentially wanting to build don't wait until the land's already done and titled and ready to go because those type you can still look at them but the thing is you're going to be up against everyone with cash buyers and all sorts of shit we had one with a client literally two days ago everything was perfect we pulled on hold with a land agent client was just about to go and pull the trigger to sign it up got bought got bought underneath him by a cash offer literally on the spot mm. so and then the client's like all right cool so now we found a different blog but that's not ready till march 2024 but we're like pull the trigger we know what we can work towards mm-hmm. and let's actually work towards that together because otherwise you're going to be in the same position when it comes to march and shit's going to be fucked definitely it's also super hard as a buyer and i mean We've been in this position where you're walking onto what's meant to be your future home and it's still bushland. And you're like, this is supposed to be where I build my house. Like, how is this going to be developed in five months' time? It looks nowhere near ready. And it's not. It will be. But, like, it's super daunting, you know, for someone to go for a drive and say, okay, this is like the new estate and it looks nothing like what you expect it to. There's only so much you can do. It's just you got to look at the market of what we're in. Mm. And the reality is we have a huge fucking rental shortage. We have a huge housing shortage. We do not have enough homes over the next three to four years in both WA and SA to accommodate the amount of migration and and properties that need to be built. So, yes, it's shit. We've had we've had that in our in our own personal experience where the land's not even ready and we want to build build on it. But the same thing is, you either work with that situation and you have to adapt to it, or you bite the fucking bull and you wait and then just have to cop whatever happens by that time when you are feeling like it's ready. Mm. And sometimes the land will come back on. You know, sometimes that land... You might get lucky. Exactly. Like, she hits the fan. Someone that did buy it originally, their finance fucked out and then became available and then, you know, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Yeah. But don't expect it. Yeah. When you're looking at certain areas when that's the commonality of what's actually happening. Mm. For sure. And what I will say is that if... You're um, a first home buyer and, you know, it's a lot of money to put in a home, half a million and plus 
you you want to have something to show. So you talk about going out to the land and it's shrubs. Yeah. So you try to show your friends or, you know, just between you and your partner or even if it's yourself, you go onto Google Maps and there's no street there. No. Nope. And you've got nothing to show for it. What um, what can you look forward to and what's, you know, what should you have to look forward to during that time where you're waiting for it to be developed? Well, I'd like to think that the client experience along the way is probably more important than yeah. the actual end product from a builder's point of view. You know, we try to create points of difference and our um, client experience is the most important thing that although your land may not be ready, you can look forward to the journey you're going to take along the way, your selections, the speed of your process, meeting the team, going out to certain suppliers and areas because, it, like I said, it's a lot of money. So why not invest yourself and a bit of time in the things around you that you can? And Elevator, we definitely try to make sure that the client can go and if they are waiting on something, do something else because not having communication or not having, you know, oh, my land's idling in three months, I'll sit here and twiddle my thumbs because yeah. I haven't heard anything. It's mm-hmm. the worst. So we try to make sure that they can do things along the way. You talk about slab signing experiences. Yeah. We can do things prior to construction that definitely make your experience a lot more fun. You know, we talk about our portal and we talk about looking at the actual house on our programs and it makes it feel like, oh, I am making a really big decision that's right, not I'm making a big decision that's wrong now but right later. Yeah. yeah. Because that gut feeling, you can't get out sometimes. You can't go, oh, God, is have I signed up? Have I made a good commitment here? If you keep on reminding the people it's a, it's a really good decision, they're always going to reflect and sleep well on what you've been telling them that day, not what's coming down the track in three months. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. it. Um, well, I think that's all the questions that I've got. Is there anything else you would like to add? Um, I actually wouldn't mind asking a question yeah, to go you for guys. It. That's right. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Fuck a bit off go script. On. Go on. Yeah, yeah go on. Um, I, what drives a lot of interest with Mister Enthusiast clients to um, the homes that you know you guys build, and where do you think the bigger land comes into play in Adelaide? You talk about the bend. Yes. Is that um, something that becomes more appealing just for people who like houses with larger cars, or you yeah, know, what, what what do you think will help um, SA clients understand that the market over there is similar to WA because of what your points of difference are. Cool. So obviously the big thing for us is obviously that we're known for the garages across Australia. So being, firstly being able to offer some sort of relief and opportunity for people in SA is is a big bonus. The fact that we have that flexibility with with you guys is probably the second part. When it comes to the actual land, a lot of it really will come down to the clients themselves and their own lifestyles. And what we've seen is if they're staying in that north of Corridor where they are in Monopara or Virginia or in those areas, they do want to stay in those areas. And the flexibility of having land that is in that 400, 500 square meter range allows us to do our quad garages, the hoist options, which is what we're doing. When someone is a bit more flexible with the distances and they can start looking at like Murray Bridge and shit, that's when we can start looking at those four, six cars, side axes, sheds, you know, fucking pools and all that shit because you've got that flexibility and the land is so fucking cheap. Yeah. I, that's huge. So just on the garages, yeah, we had so much feedback from the designs we sent out to our um, engineering team for the trusses. Oh, yeah. They came back and they said, we haven't seen houses like this before. So if you're ever looking for a state that is about to be shaken up and reawoken to Mr. Enthusiast and also the garage scene, this is it. Because 
they said, you know, four car garage. Wow, that's massive. We haven't seen this before. No, in my head, I was going, you've got a lot more cars. <laughs> yeah. hold, hold my fucking beer. <laughs> hold my beer. So, um, you know, that was really exciting. We we found joy internally in the office, going, oh, they are about to get <laughs> absolutely shock of their lives. So, you know, that was really nice. But, um. You know, just the last point you talked on was the price of the land. Yes. SA land currently is the cheapest in the country. Mm-hmm. So I've, um, I did actually print off here. Oh, oh yeah, it's got yeah, some, it's got a whole he bunch brought of all the notes. The whole Bring my notes. <laughs> um, SA is the cheapest in the country and that is including Tasmania, Northern, oh, Northern Territory and ACT. Oh, yeah, okay. shit. Okay. So, um, you, you want to look at, I guess, where that's going and you talk about the WA market following SA. SA seems to be following other markets in terms of land price. They will go up. They're not yep. going to be low forever. Yep. You know, with the amount of blocks that are being released, uh, and I'm not just saying this, now is the time. You want to look at, you know, land. You want to look at how I can make it my own. And as the expansion comes into Adelaide with all the events on and everything that's happening from Adelaide 500 to Gather Round, Live Golf, Fringe Festival, well, the, the football that just fucking happened where they yeah. moved it over as well. That's oh, fun. That was sick. Everyone is going to Adelaide. Yeah. And, it, that, you know, that's why I claim to be one now. Yeah. <laughs> so, me inclusive. So, you know, the land is going up and uh, Queensland and WA are a little bit, well, not a little bit, they are more expensive mm. than SA. And the SA house prices actually happen to sit at the second lowest in the country, only to Northern Territory. Yeah, shit. So, okay. and, the, you know, I think back in COVID, there was about a 17% price rise in materials, right? So that's, you know, 15 to 20 grand more yeah. when you're looking at a 400K house or whatever. Median price in Adelaide is 400K, mm-hmm. but that's not for our houses. That's in general, right? Yep. Yep. So if for our houses, you're looking at about 15 grand more just in materials. The price has gone up with COVID. The prices are coming down now in terms of materials, but you know, that's because we're referring to them as a uh, a small increase if, of how much they cost. The land is the one thing that's low. So mm, it's the one yes. thing you can jump onto and you know that not too much is going to be affected by the rest of COVID and rest of what's happening. Like it's there's an opportunity there. So I think it's a very good time to jump into Adelaide and yeah. have a look around. So Yeah, fuck yeah. Well, that's, that's interesting to say like because, th- you know, to, to see that they're the second cheapest because – because after that would probably be Perth or or wherever it is. Like Perth is probably in that top three, top four. Correct. And you still look at the comparison, like with the amount of investment, because you guys obviously do the investment division with grants and all that as well. Where <coughs> let me just cough my, my lungs out. Um, so like with the investment division, where it's very interesting because you got all the guys from over east, right? And the average mean house price in, you know, fucking Queensland, Melbourne shit is like 1.1, 1.2 mil. It's fucking stupid. Melbourne and Sydney, they're in their own field. It's, fu- it's fucked, Ridiculous. right? So, but when you think of it logically, if someone goes in and goes, I've got a budget of 1.2, why not invest, you know, one in Perth, one in SA, for example, I've got two properties for the price of one within a 30, 35 minute fucking you distance, know, tra- distance from, from the city or whatever, mm-hmm. knowing that over the next period of five, ten years, it's going to grow not only in equity but in demand as well. Like there's – that's because that's what we're seeing a lot of like WA is getting smashed with it but so is SA and I can see where they're starting to really get that attraction to SA where, you know, it's not just about you know, helping the locals build their own home but it's outside, um, you know, enforcement as well going, this is a fucking no-brainer. 
rental occupancy in WA is, in SA, sorry, is less than 1%. So that's fucked. people who are choosing to do an investment property from WA in SA, which is a great idea, it's not as if they're taking up land for nothing. You're actually helping a lot of people out who need rentals in areas that aren't three hours from Metro where they've got to work an eight to five. You're having them out half an hour from town, which is really, really good. And to be honest, worst case, you might take it over one day and move in, get a pork knuckle from Handel, from McLaren Vale, and end up end up in the house of your dreams. Really selling it here? I'm trying to. Fucking sold, mate. Anything else you want to add before we plug? No, guys. Thank you. Good to go? Okay. Well, thank you so much, Gianni, for coming on board and coming onto the pod. It has been... Really educational for us, actually. Um, we yeah. kind of had a couple dot points that we were going to cover, but we've covered so much more than what I anticipated, and we learned stuff along the way, which is always great. Oh fuck yeah! And like, and that's the thing. It's like at the end of the day, the biggest thing is that we have the confidence, knowing that we've got the right builder with you guys to be able to reflect what we do at Mister Enthusiast with our service. But now we're able to bring that to SA, which we weren't able to do before. You know, and that's a really big thing because. We didn't have that confidence with a few of the other bills that we had tried to work with with some other clients because we did do one, a quad garage in SA before you guys came. And we were in that background trying to help those clients, which was um, Laurie and Phil, because they do listen to my shit. Um, and they were up in two wells and I was trying to help them externally and it was just an absolute shit show. They got fucked around with delays. So which was a real big um, negative from my end because I sat there and went, fuck, like I'm not confident unless you guys can deliver and make sure that we do what we do in WA with, like like we were saying, like those guarantees in terms of the construction, knowing once we do get there, we can smash the fucker out. And that's a really big thing because there is a lot of negativity from SA with a lot of the other builders where they're just taking fucking forever for contracts and to go to the site, you know? Definitely. And I think the guarantees that will come down the track will be re- reflective of the work that we've done so early on. Fuck you know, yeah. we've got over 30 jobs uh, going to site now and um, hopefully in six months I'll be able to tell you that we've got, not hopefully, in six months we'll be able to tell you that half a dozen to a dozen of them will be complete. That's and wild. It's insane to think that um, in such a short amount of time on site, it's reflective of so much work that's gone in the background. And I just want to say we are set up now in the office with electricity power, <laughs> to reiterate that, with a you know a room that people can come in and have a look at selections. You know, we've got a great team with all the office set up. There's TV, there's music, um, dogs come in. Doggies, you know, dogs yeah, come yes. in. Yep. Um, great place, of, you know, cafes around and stuff. It's an unreal setup and culture for a building uh, I- industry company. That is different to the rest. Yeah. And that's what we love about it. Fuck Definitely. Um, and I'll pop Gianni's email down below if you want to send him through any questions. Please do. Um, Nick's email is also down below yeah. in the show notes if you guys have any questions. Um, and let's plug, plug, plug. Let's plug LaVita first. So you can find LaVita on? Uh, LaVita Homes yep. on Instagram. Yes. LaVitaHomes.com.au on websites. Yes. And you'll see my pretty face up there, which will be good. <laughs> yes. My pretty mug up there. Um, and then, you know, any queries or phone numbers. Uh, so any queries, please feel free to call our office. We've got our own office phone and um, hopefully I'll pick up. I'll yeah, be the one on the other end. Yes. Yeah, kill it. And you guys are on Google Facebook, as well. For Facebook, Google, TikTok, TikTok, Instagram. All LaVita yes. Homes. You'll be able to find us. Perfect. Um, yeah, that's that's. The Levita Homes SA side as well. Or just just rock up to Kent Town. Kent Town, rock <laughs> yeah. up. I'll be yep. there. I'm in and the office every day. 
Um, and you can find Mr. Enthusiast on? Facebook, Insta, TikTok, Google, websites, Instagram. Well, I already did Instagram, didn't I? YouTube, Spotify, YouTube, Spotify and, and Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. Um, if you guys could leave a review or a rating, that would be fantastic. It really helps us subscribe, on the back end. Subscribe on our YouTube. Um, if you have any questions, send them through. We'll most likely have Gianni back on here. We'll Fuck reel him back in. Fuck <laughs> hey, he'll be fucking, he'll be the one asking. He'll be sitting at the front door knocking on and we're like, hey, we're ready. See you guys in two weeks. <laughs> um, and just remember, guys. We're not here. To fuck spiders. Fuck oath. Woo. Bye. Bye.